God is good, and all the time, our God is indeed, indeed better than good. Let's notice page 519, 519, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be, 519. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing. His mercy and His grace in the bright and blessed He prepared for us a place. And when we all get to heaven, for what a day of rejoicing that will when we see Jesus, we hear who sing and shout the victory. 
While we walk the pilgrim journey, the hills will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. And when we all get to heaven, but a day rejoicing will and when we see Jesus we hear you sing shout the victory let us then be true and faithful trust Take serving every day, just one glimpse of him in glory will the toys of life repair. And when we all get to heaven, what a day rejoicing will and when we all see Jesus, we sing and shout the victory. When we all get to heaven, and when we See Jesus, we hear you sing and Amen. How many of us believe that? Give God some praise if you believe that one day we will sing and shout the victory. Is that all right? Let us notice page. 311. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. 311. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. Oh, All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every heart and Oh, Miguel, my within the veil of all of the 
the ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone for less to stand before the throne on oh, all of the ground is sinking sand all of the ground is sinking sand Good morning, Pembroke Park. Today's scripture reading, we're going to 1 Corinthians 5, New International Version. So appreciative to be here today reading the word of God. Just incredible. It's always a supernatural experience. 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through five. I'm reading the New International Version. Is everyone there? Anyone not there? Please say wait. We begin. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of this kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. So when you are assembled and I am with you in spirit, and power of the Lord Jesus Christ is present. Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. That was the first Corinthians chapter five, verses one through five. God bless you today. Enjoy the rest of the service. Let us all bow in a word of prayer. Merciful God, our Heavenly Father, it is again we humbly bow before your throne of grace with thanksgiving in our hearts. Father, we thank you for allowing us to see another day that was never promised. Father, we are blessed because you are forgiving God and understanding God, and you've done so much for us that you keep on blessing us. Father, I pray that you continue to guide our hearts and our mind in this service so that we may stay focused on you and the things that you would have us to do. Father, we continue to pray, Lord, for all those that are visiting us here today who are not members of the body of Christ. We pray that they have come with open and receptive hearts. 
And we pray, Father, at the end of Brother Jones' lesson, the question, what must I do to be saved, will be answered. Father, we continue to pray, Lord, for Brother Jones and his family. Lord, he is a hard-fighting soldier. I pray that you will continue to protect him and keep he and his family from all harm and danger. Father, I pray that you will continue to guide his heart and his mind. Help him to remember the things that he studied and prepared so he may present it in a way that will touch the hearts of everyone at the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God is good, and all the time, our God is indeed better than good. Page 496, 496, this world is not our home, we're just a passing through. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid, we're somewhere beyond the blue. The angels back on me from heaven's open doorway, and I can't feel at home in this world anywhere, oh Lord. Where I have no friends like, well, if heaven's not mine, yes, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels open doorway, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expected in me and that's one thing I will my Savior pardon yes and now I will go I know he'll take me home Joe. I am weak and poor and I can't feel at home in this world well oh Lord you know, I have no friend like, well, if heaven's not mine, well, then, Lord, what will I, well, the angels from heaven's open doorway, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just up in glory land we'll live eternal where the saints on every yes our shining victory their song of sweetest praise trip back from heaven's shore and I can't feel at home in World anywhere, oh Lord, you know I 
have no friends like well if heaven's not mine yes the lord what yes the angels back on me from heaven's open doorway and i can't feel that Burn in it well, oh Lord, you know I have no friend like well if heaven's not my head. Well, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels back on me from heaven's open doorway and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. Give God some praise. He is indeed worthy. The Bible says, oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not our home, what will we do? Amen. As we prepare for Brother Jones to come forward, let us, let us notice page four in our favorite hymns and sing about a mansion, a robe, and a crown. Is that all right? Page four, mansion, robe and crown. If it's convenient for you, please stand. <clears throat> I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. left to repair a mansion for his children. sorrows can be found when I church I want to roll and go around and don't you want to mention when I need a robe and a crown in glory there there is love I want to roll and ground where the weather there is always there. There is sunshine day and night. Well, no cold autumn will fall there. For the sunshine's ever You know who I need, no heavy garment. I'll just wrap my robe when I see my church, I want to roll and ground and don't you want to mention I need a robe and a crown in glory there I know Church, I want to roll and ground where my head is bowed and blood. 
study now from the work that I've tried to do. But one day I'll be rewarded with a crown so bright and new. You know that I'll wear a smile so bright. For there'll be no cause for a frown when I receive my mansion. Child, I want to roll and crown and join to one of men. Church, I want to roll. Come on, church. And don't you want to mention? Yeah. I need a rope and up around the All my men, all my men. And crown will I say, Lord, I want a brand new mansion to robe a crown in glory there. I know that peace and love will always abound forever. Let me be among the saints to your Mansion Road. Everybody. Well, and don't you want, Lord, I want a brand I new mansion robe and a crown in glory there. There is love well in it always forever let me and you know your home around and low. Please preserve my mansion. And Lord, please preserve my mansion. And Lord, please preserve my mansion. Bow your head with me. Dear God, we just want to say thank you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor.
Neighbor, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know what it is, but my God will see you through. Don't forget, no, 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 y'all getting too happy too early. No, tap that person in front of you. Say, hey, you. Hey, you. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. I'll give God a love deposit in this place today. Good morning, Pembroke Park. Absolute pleasure to be here with y'all today. If y'all are glad to be here, say amen. I am certainly thankful that the Lord has blessed me to be alive. I'm so glad that the Lord has not only blessed me to be alive, but he has blessed me with an opportunity to come to this place uh, to praise and worship him. Um, every day, every day, every day, the Lord is revealing to me more and more about how uh, there is nothing about me that is able to make it without him. Uh, I need God far more than God needs me. Amen. And I'm just so appreciative that he's so merciful, he's so uh, kind, he's so just attentive, and he's so interested in my welfare. Uh, I believe that everybody in here knows that if it had not been for the Lord on our side, uh, we we don't have any idea where in the world we would be right now. Uh, so I'm just so glad to be here with you all today. If y'all get that, say amen. I want to take a moment to introduce myself to those who may not know. Uh, Minister Kevin D. Jones, Sr. I serve so thankfully, uh, gratefully, wonderfully here at the Pembroke Park Church of Christ. And we're just so glad to have you. Pembroke Park, if you agree, say amen. Uh, let's give our guests a love deposit on this morning. Let's give them a love deposit. Uh, we hope, trust, and pray that, y that your time here today is a blessing uh, and that you leave here better than you arrived. Uh, not only that, my brothers and my sisters, I also want to take a moment to acknowledge all of our visitors who are watching with us online. If y'all agree with that, say amen. amen. And we want all of our digital audience to know that we're so glad to have you with us. Uh, so glad that technology is working in our favor just to connect people in a greater way uh, with God. So we're glad to have you here in our midst, and we hope, trust, and pray uh, that as you are joining us today, if you ever find yourself in South Florida, please do us a blessed favor. Stop in and worship with us here at the Pembroke Park Church of Christ. Um, uh, I want you all to do something unique for me today. I want you to, uh, I just wanted you to, to take a moment, and, 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 and I know we just got finished talking to the people uh, that, 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 that were seated beside you, uh, but do me a favor. I, I, I want you to greet the person beside you. Greet them. Go ahead and greet them. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. My brother. Not the puke. Good to see you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, get at me, man. Get at me, man. Mm -hmm. I need it, though. <laughs> Appreciate you, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greet him. Greet him. Greet him. 
yeah. <laughs> Give me some love. Thank you, my sister. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Trouble in my way. Trouble in my way. I have to cry sometimes. Trouble in my way. I have to cry sometimes. I lay awake at night. But that's all right. I know that Jesus. He'll fix it after a while. Trouble in my home. I had a moan sometime. Trouble in my home. Oh, I have to moan sometime. I live awake at night. But that's all right. Because I know that Jesus, somebody told me that Jesus, he'll fix it after a while. Amen. 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 If you love the Lord, say amen. amen. Uh, I want to just take a moment uh, uh, before I get too deep into service to express my appreciation to all of those who are serving so wonderfully on today. Uh, I always start off with those on the stage. I want to do it different today. Man, I want to start off by recognizing, man, my brother's back there serving as ushers. Man, y'all look awesome, man. Y'all look awesome, man. God bless you, brothers. Hey, man, I... I was observing you brothers today as y'all were helping people get in and get seated and, 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 and just making sure that people were, were getting seats they want to get to. Y'all listen, y'all don't give the ushers a hard time. Amen all by myself. Uh -huh. If I ain't talking to you, I ain't talking to you. But if I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Uh, don't, give, don't give the ushers a hard time. They're just trying to get you in, uh, get you somewhere. Y'all, let's give them a love deposit. Give them a love deposit. Uh, not only them, but also our greeters, our greeters. I want to make clear, I believe we have some of the most friendly greeters on this side of heaven. Uh, so grateful for them. How many of you all know you lose a person coming to the church on first impression? And, and people, because, because it's such an important place, they're looking for, all right, is this place what it needs to be? And something about walking to, a, in, to the front of the place and being greeted with love, that's a big deal. Let's give our greeters a love deposit. 
not only that, but our members of security, uh, while we're seated in here, there are some who are just in the parking lot just making sure that, that, that your stuff is the way it was when you left it. Amen. Amen. And I'm just going to leave it like that uh, because we wish that the world didn't have that problem, but it does. And that's the reason why we need Jesus. Uh, so we're grateful for them. I want to give just a special, special shout out to uh, my, my favorite member of the security team. I love all security, but I sure enough love me some Brother Price. Now, Brother Price blesses my life. Amen. Uh, 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 Brother Price understands, uh, uh, I, sometimes before I come out here, y'all, I'm just trying to get my mind right. And Brother Price, not because I asked him, he just, just, just offers to do it every single Sunday. He stands before my door and let people know, I know you want to come see him, but he's just trying to get ready to come out. Uh, and if y'all come to the door, don't give Brother Price a hard time. Amen, amen, amen. He's blessing my life. I want to come out here. I want to help uh, everybody get closer to Jesus. If y'all get that, say Amen. I want to take a moment just to express deep appreciation to everyone who was just so lovingly awesome on yesterday uh, as we blessed our sister, uh, Sister Medellin and her entire family, uh, as they uh, had a memorial service for the late uh, Mary Ortiz. And let's be very clear, uh, she offered this card. I want to share it with you uh, even now. Uh, the card says, it says, uh, Brother Jones uh, and to the Pembroke Park Church of Christ family. She says, thank you for hosting my family at the memorial service for my sister, Mary Ortiz. As you always do, uh, this church family gave love to everyone. This is what I love. She says, now they know why being a part of PPCC made my life better, peaceful, and happier. Glory to God. Our sister, it was our honor. It was our honor, and we were so glad to be here with you. It was definitely a beautiful memorial service, uh, and, and our prayers are continually with the family, because how many of you all know uh, that it's only uh, once you get on the other side of the funeral, that's when things really become challenging. Uh, so we want to keep them lifted up. Uh, we want to keep our sister encouraged in every way possible. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, just a reminder, uh, just a reminder to all of my brothers on today, 4.30 p.m., won't you come out? We're having our practice test, our practice test for uh, the, 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 help me, Lord, uh, for the Apostolic Three. Thank y'all, thank y'all. Boy, I tell you, I need Jesus. Uh, so we're having our practice test, won't you come out? If anybody is like, but you know, I haven't, I haven't been, 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 been too deep and I've missed a couple of sessions, listen, uh, uh, come out anyway, come out anyway. Uh, 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 we want to be uh, as unified as we possibly can. Uh, the Lord is teaching me something more and more. God is showing me. He says, Kevin, I'll do things in my time. And to that I say, yes, Lord. Uh, but one thing I have to receive, and if y'all get this, say amen. Uh, the one thing I have to receive is that, listen, if faith without works is dead, then works without faith has to be dead as well. Uh, that is, if, 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 you, if you believe God's going to do something and you don't want to do anything, you're deceiving yourself. Uh, and if you are working hard, doing what you're supposed to do, but you have no expectation that God is going to do anything for you in your life, then I believe you're deceiving yourself as well. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you get that, say amen. Um, I, I, am, I am a bit stalling. I had received a message from our, our, our media team. He was telling me he was making some modifications to the slide, uh, but I think I'm going to have to jump on into it. Uh, if you all are ready, say amen. amen. Uh, if you got your copy of God's holy and divine word, hold it up in the air 
and wave it like you just don't care. Amen, 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 amen. Say it with me. Say, this is the word of God. No, this is the word of God. I believe it. I receive it. I will obey it. Glory to God. Stand on your feet with me if you will. Meet me in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, we're looking together at verses 1 through 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We're looking together at verses 1 through 5. Again, if you have it, say amen. amen. And if not, say wait. And I'll wait on you. Amen. I believe if there's ever a place where we want to be together, the house of God in the midst of the word of God, certainly uh, that is the place. First uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, uh, there the Bible reads, it says, listen, it is uh, reported commonly that there is fornication among you. He says, and, 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 and such fornication as is not so much name, as named among the Gentiles, uh, that one should have his father's wife. If you see that, say amen. amen. Yeah. Uh, he goes on further to say, and, and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. If you see that, say amen. The uh, Bible goes on further to say, he says, for I, ver for I verily as absent in body uh, but present in spirit have judged already, Paul says, as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when ye are gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse number five, the Bible says, uh, to deliver, someone say deliver. deliver, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. I want to read that verse one more time. Matter of fact, can you read it with me? Uh, it says, uh, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. You may be seated. Remember, Park, uh, bow your head with me for a moment of prayer. I'd love to uh, talk to God uh, before I talk to you. Almost righteous and awesome heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you at this time with our heads humbly bowed. We thank you so very much for today. Lord, we thank you because you've been better than good. Uh, you've been a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Lord, I approach your throne right now because I know that your word is so powerful. It has the ability to transform us from who we are into who you've called us to be. Lord, I'm asking even now that you'll bless every person within the sound of my voice. Even now, King Jesus, while I'm praying to you, the devil is busy. He knows there's power in your word. And he'll do everything he possibly can to cause us to look at everything except your word. Lord, I pray you'll bless every person within the sound of my voice with the discipline, with the know-how, with the righteous understanding to give themselves 
wholeheartedly to thee with the understanding that if we surrender ourselves to who you are, the only thing we can become is better. Lord, I beg of you as always, please help me. Humbly, I submit myself before you. Help me, Lord, to speak your word to your people your way, adding nothing to your word, taking nothing away from your word, and at the conclusion of all things, if anyone is blessed, if anyone is encouraged, if anyone is empowered, help us all to know that none of the praise belongs to the preacher. All the praise belongs to you. Lord, I thank you and I love you. These and all prayers we ask. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. 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 And amen again. Amen. Um, this morning I, I want to uh, start off. I'd like, I'd like to talk to you all about um, a, a television show. Uh, it, it, it's called uh, Intervention. Uh, the, the, the television show is very interesting. Uh, uh, essentially it's... Uh, it's, a, it's an American documentary television show, uh, uh, and, and, and it started in the year 2005. Now, now, now the purpose of uh, the show is, is, is the show details the life of a person who is addicted to something. In often cases, it's, it's, it's alcohol and drugs. If you get that, say amen. Um, the show has a premise. They, they detail the life of the person in the addiction. They watch how this addiction is literally causing this individual to spiral out of control. And then what happens is the family members of this person, those, those who love them uh, in spite of them, they, they come together, and they come together to perform an intervention. Now, there's some interesting facts about this show. This show uh, is in its 19th season. Um, that lets you know there's a, there's, a, there's a pretty big problem with drugs and alcohol in America. It's in its 19th season. It uh, has a total of 275 episodes. Each episode details one or at the most two individuals that they shadow who they learn has a problem with chemical dependency. If y'all get that, say amen. Now, 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 during the intervention, during the intervention, each person is given an ultimatum. And the ultimatum is this. If either you will go into rehabilitation immediately, that is, we're not waiting till tomorrow. Uh, we're not going to. We're not going to work out another day. Uh, uh, you will go into. You will go into. In, you will go into rehabilitation immediately, or or we're going to cut you off. That is, we're going to cut you off financially. We're going to cut you off emotionally. We're going to cut you off relationally. Here's an awesome fact: as of 2012, as of 2012. Over 500 addicts have passed through this show. Here's an interesting fact. Only four have refused. As of 2012, now, now who knows what the numbers are now, but as of 2012, they had interviewed a, a total of 500 addicts, and they concluded that only four of them said no. The question you got to ask is, why is that the case? And I'll tell you why that is the case. My brothers and my sisters, that's the case because uh, what we learn about humanity, what we learn about human beings is that nobody wants to be without love. 
And a person fears the pain. They, they certainly fear the pain of uh, being freed of uh, this drug. But when they compare the fear of being isolated in this trouble to going through the removal of this trouble, in most cases, a person would rather go through the tough challenge of getting this out of their system just so that they can maintain relationships. If y'all get that, say amen. amen. Something else you should know, and I'm pretty sure you already know, and that is that, that, that to perform an intervention, it takes courage. I'm talking about finding someone and, 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 and bringing this person into your midst and to challenge this person on their own negative behavior and to tell this person, listen, we love you too much to lose you. So yes, it takes courage, but I see on top of courage, it takes something else. It also takes love. And I believe if you take love and you add to love courage, then, then you can see change. If y'all are still with me, say amen. amen. Well, well what, I, what I ask myself is, what I ask myself is, 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 why is this the case? And I think we already know why this is the case. We understand that, that the answer that turns a person around is love. And not only is it a, essential to have love, but in addition to love, you also need to have uh, some courage about yourself. There, there has to be something within you that challenges you to push higher, to do more. If y'all get that, say amen. I want you to know that, that this wasn't the initial thought of A&E. This is not uh, this cable network's working. They didn't come up with this profound idea. The Lord was already way ahead of the game. Uh, look with me, if you will, in the book of Matthew. Look in the book of Matthew chapter 18, Matthew the 18th chapter. And we're looking together at verses 15 through 17. Matthew the 18th chapter, and we're looking together at verses 15 through 17. If you love the word of God, say amen. Uh, Matthew, the 18th chapter, and, and, and again, verses 15 through, through 17. The Bible says, listen, moreover, uh, if your brother sins against you, he says, go, tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the Bible says, every word be established. If y'all see that, say amen. Uh, it goes on further to say, and if he refuses to hear them, listen carefully, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Now, someone, someone would say, man, that, that's pretty tough. Uh, but I would say you're talking more about the response and you're not talking about the reason. You see, if we consider the reason, and if we consider the reason married to the repercussion, then the response makes total sense. Uh, if you believe that God is calling us to live a life free of sin, say amen. amen. And we conclude this belief because we trust the word of God, and we believe that God was righteous when he told us, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That is, if I love a person, if I want to see them well, if I see that they are living a life of sin, it just becomes a necessity for me to intervene to try at least to help my brother or my sister to make it through that. If y'all get that, say amen. 
Uh, throughout this Healthy Church series, we've talked on a number of things. We've, 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 talked, about, we've talked about the idea of making, uh, uh, making the, the one thing everything, and that is that we want to be led by the Spirit. If y'all get that, say amen. And not only do we want to be led by the Spirit, but we also, uh, more than anything, we want uh, to, to not only be led by the Spirit, but we also want uh, to have, to have the, the, the Spirit to influence our very own life. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, but deeper than that, my brothers and my sisters, uh, it, it is important that we ensure that we're taking care of each other. And that is, while we're in this place, I want to make it my business to make certain that my brothers and my sisters are growing in the spirit as well. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, this morning, I want to talk to you on the subject, nothing's greater than the one thing. Uh, nothing's greater than the one thing. Uh, when we talk about the one thing, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I want you all to know that, that in this space, nothing can be greater than God's presence. Nothing can be greater than God's presence. And how many of you all know that God's presence comes with a mandate? That is, God says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And I want to make up in my mind, my brothers and my sisters, that, that we want to keep uh, God's presence most satisfied in this place. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, I want us to keep in mind where we are. This series has been taking place in the book of 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, we observe the apostle Paul. Paul is dealing with the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth is an unhealthy church. It's an unhealthy church. It's a church uh, that is suffering from sin and, and ailments and all sorts of struggles. And in addition to that, uh, I want you to keep in mind uh, that, that Paul understands that if they're going to change that, if they're going to turn the church around, they're not going to turn the church around through human efforts. The only way we're going to turn the church around is if we give ourselves wholeheartedly to the Spirit. If y'all get that, say amen. And I believe that oftentimes one of the greatest errors that we make in the house of God is we're so busy trying to figure out what we can do and we're not giving way to allow God to do what God has the power to do. If you get that, say amen. Uh, however, as we discussed last week, if the spirit will ever have territory in your life, it's because you have to want it. You have to want it. You have to want it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you have to want it. And what I mean by that, my brothers and my sisters, is simple. I can't preach you into Holy Spirit conviction. I can't, Pat can't sing you uh, into Holy Spirit conviction. You got to make up in your mind that I, the song says, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. And I like the next part when he says, no turning back, no turning back. That is, that is, if God's going to make a turnaround in your life, the only way that turnaround's going to happen is if you want that to happen in your life. If y'all get that, say amen. Yeah, so, so we realize that, that the greatest threat to the spirit-led life is the flesh. Meet me in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. If you love the word of God, say amen. Uh, in Galatians, the fifth chapter, I want you to look with me, my brothers and my sisters, at verses 13 and 19. Galatians, the fifth chapter, and I want you to look with me at verses 13 through 19. The Bible says, listen carefully, it says, For brethren, 
ye have been called unto liberty. If y'all see that, say amen. He says, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. He says further, he says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. I like this. All the law is fulfilled in one word. He says, listen carefully, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He goes on further to say, most powerfully, he says, he says, listen, but if you bite and devour one another, Take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. The Bible goes on further to say in verse number 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Someone say Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, that ye cannot do the things that ye should. But if ye be led by, if he said, but if thee be led of the Spirit, ye shall not be under the works of the law. Go back once now. I want you to get verse number 16. The Bible says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Most profound point, my brothers and my sisters, is that the greatest thing we have to pray for every day is, Lord, lead me by the Spirit. You have to pray that, Lord, lead me by the Spirit. Lead me by the Spirit. And we're led by so many things, y'all. We are feeling led. We're emotionally led. Uh, we're addiction led. Uh, we're anger-led, we're bitter-led, but I'm telling you, if you get to the space where you just begin to say, Lord, I give full control, I give full authority in my life to no other source greater than the Spirit, I promise you, if you allow the Spirit to lead, the Spirit will not fail. If y'all get that, say amen. Yeah, watch him in verse number one. We're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number one. If you're there with me, say Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're looking together at verse number 1. And I want you all to know Paul is striving to help the church in a big way. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 1. The Bible says, listen carefully. He says, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication as, as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. If y'all get that, say Amen. Uh, some of your Bibles say fornication. Some of your Bibles say sexual immorality. Uh, when he's talking about the concept of sexual immorality, what he's talking about is essentially sexual acts that are morally objectionable. In other words, how many of you all know that we call sex a rated X thing because of what humanity has done with it? Boy, I wish y'all wouldn't look at me like y'all about to pass out when I'm talking to y'all right now. Yeah, you see what has happened is sex has become something detestable because of what humanity has done with it. Uh, but in its origin, as in so many wonderful things, when God gave it to us, God had a place for it, a space for it, and there was great beauty associated with it. Well, man took what God gave us, as we often do, and we began to exploit it and to contort it so bad that after a while, it, it, it begins to see that when you think of the thing in its essence, you completely lose sight of the beauty that God originally had because you're so drowned in all the mess that man has made. If y'all get that, say amen. 
He says, I hear that there is sexual immorality, not just the beauty of knowing one as the Lord gave to Adam and Eve, but he says, now you've taken that gift and you're violating the purpose of it. And he says, not only have you violated it, but it's among you. It's among you. Y'all see that? He says, fornication among you, among you, among you. And you have to know who they are to appreciate why this is so important. He says, there's sexual immorality among you. And this letter is to the church now. That is, that is, this stuff is going on in the house of God. And I'll tell you a very, very, very tragic and naive mistake that is made today is the assumption, is the assumption that we don't have problems in the house. Yeah, I'll have you to know, I'll have you to know uh, that the devil was here before we got here. Yeah, he was here before we got here, and, 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 and he's trying his very best to stop what we're doing here. But I'm so glad that the Bible says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. He says this is going on among y'all, and he says it's going on in such a way that even the Gentiles wouldn't have part of it. When he talks about the Gentiles, he's talking about that demographic of people that are not a part of that lineage of people who have the covenant relationship with God. He says the the way y'all are acting, he says, I look at the way people of God should act. I look at the way people in the world should act. And he says, here's what's blowing my mind. He says, Corinth, y'all doing some stuff that even the sinners say, ew. Uh, that, ain't, that, ain't, that ain't right. That's, 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 that's nasty right there. That, that shouldn't be. Yeah, he says, what's going on? He says, I'll tell you what's going on. He says, listen, he says, listen, you all have a situation down there. And what's the situation? You've got, you've got a man down there who is literally with his father's wife. I don't even want to get into how people try to legalize that. That whole notion just blows my mind. Uh, but he says, the man's with his father's wife. And, 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 and he says, when I think about that, I mean, Paul, who is the preacher to the Gentiles, Paul says, I can tell you that even the Gentiles don't even have that kind of stuff going on amongst them. Well, the issue is, is that you learn a lot about us when you observe how we respond to sin. You can learn a lot about us when you observe how we respond to sin. Verse number two, if y'all still with me, say amen. Uh, verse number two, the Bible says, he says, listen, and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. That's a powerful verse, church. If y'all still with me, say amen. He says, you're puffed up. That concept of being puffed up, my brothers and my sisters, that, that's arrogant. That is, you're beside yourself. Now, the arrogance can have a root in two places, and for the necessity of the lesson, I'm going to deal with both this morning. Uh, the, first, the, first is, the first is, is that I'm just going to just speak honest for a moment. Men, we were raised to think that you were a man based on how you operated. Uh, you're a man if you can ball up your fists 
and you're a man, it's not Children's Church Day. Y'all, y'all got y'all to gotta, y'all gotta just go with your imaginative minds. You got to go with your imaginative minds. Uh, you're, you're, you're a man if you can ball up your fists. And you're a man if you can conquer. He says, he says, I'm, I'm not even sure what's going on, but y'all heard about what happened and it made you puffed up. I mean, the thought of the act brought about some inward bloating, some chest stick out about yourselves. How many of y'all know there's nothing new under the sun? Do you all understand? Do you all understand how awesome the devil is? Do you all understand that right now we are raising young people who were raised by us? And these young people glorify the very things that destroy them. Yeah, uh, 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 the glorification of gang culture and all of these young black children dying. The glorification of sexual promiscuity. And meanwhile, the, the, the rates of HIV and sexually transmitted diseases are just running rampant. The, the heightened level of young girls who are having children, who are left to raise children by themselves, because not only do we glorify sexual immorality, but somehow we've managed to allow young men not to see it detestable that you would create a human being and turn your back on it and walk away. He says that there is an arrogance in Corinth as if we looked at this and something about this made us proud. If that made you proud, then the chances are high that your value is in the wrong place. He says, listen, this is a problem because this violates love. I wish I had time to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 4. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 4, you see, Paul is talking to us about what love is. And Paul says, listen, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Charity is not puffed up. That is, where arrogance exists, love cannot exist. Because where arrogance exists, pride exists. And where pride exists, selfishness exists. And where selfishness exists, selflessness cannot exist. And if selflessness is not there, you won't prioritize someone higher than yourself. And if you don't prioritize others higher than yourself, then you don't have love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. We hear that term so loved, and, and we think that it's somehow he raised this exaggerated level of love. That's not what he's talking about. He says God so loved. In other words, in this manner, God loved the world. That is, there is no higher level than God because God is love. If you get that, you ought to say amen. Well, the Bible says God so loved the world. In this manner, God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That is, love will always manifest itself in a willingness to raise others higher than oneself. If y'all get that, say amen. Well, well here's, the here's the tragedy, my brothers and my sisters. 
Uh, the tragedy comes when we begin to consider how this concept of being puffed up, it applies to us as well. You see, my brothers and my sisters, there, there's so many areas in our lives where we find value in all the wrong stuff. Some of us find value in our salaries. The money I make, that gives me value. Some of us find value in our accomplishments. What I've done gives me value. And the tragedy with that is, is as much as we find our identifying value in areas that are not God, they are vulnerable to the attacks and the exploits of the enemy. It's the reason why people say, you know what, at this age, I feel I should have done this. Oh, I hear your silence. I hear your silence. Yeah, at this age, I feel I should have had that. And really what we're saying is, as I compare myself to everybody else that's my age, I look at what they got, and I ain't got what they got. And I feel since I ain't got what they got, something wrong with me. And I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, boy, y'all can look quiet at me if y'all want to. Amen, I'm by myself. I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, such a thinking is destructive because we are literally validating ourselves not by whose we are, but who we are. And last I checked, my brothers and my sisters, I came from the dirt. I'm going to go back to the dirt. <laughs> and the only thing that's going to matter is not about where I lived, what I drove, what I was in, where I was at. But when I get to the other side, I want them to look at me and I want them to say, well done by good and faithful servant. It says you may not have had a million dollars. You may not have had a mansion. You may not have had a Mercedes, but you had grace and mercy on your side. You made up your mind you were going to stay committed to righteousness, and I've ushered you in on the other side of glory. If you love God for that, you ought to say amen. Well, he says, y'all are puffed up, and that's blowing my mind because I really wish you all would have been in a state of mourning. I, I really wish something about you would have been moved to, to tears. By definition, it is to grieve or to sorrow. And why does one mourn? Why does one mourn? One mourns, my brothers and my sisters, because mourning is an indication of impact. You see, um, we all could go watch the same movie. And I'm going to tell you something else that we do as men that's a mess. We sit and watch a movie, and, and, and we're all watching the same movie. I'm talking about men now, men, men. And we're all watching this movie, and we look over, and we see one brother, and it looks like he's got some, some, some fluids in his eyes or something. <laughs> and uh, we'll ask him, are you crying? And he'll say, nah, man, something was in my eye, man. <laughs> and I'll tell you why we do that foolishness. We do that foolishness because as men, we've been taught a very toxic thing. And that is we've been taught that to be associated with one's feelings, to be associated with one's feelings is, is feminine. And it is anti-masculine. Meanwhile, Jesus wept. He says, I wish y'all would have been mourning about this thing. I wish you would have mourned because 
See, the arrogance is more so rooted in the incorrect assumption of the impact of sin. See, I'm arrogant in sin because I don't have the right understanding of sin. Right understanding of sin, y'all meet me Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6. If you love the word of God, say amen. amen. See, I want to have the right, I want to have the correct understanding. I want to have the correct response when it comes to sin. And not only in my life, but I want to have the correct response when it comes to sin in the lives of the people that I love. If you get that, say amen. Uh, Romans the sixth chapter. Romans the sixth chapter. Look with me at verses one through three. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Romans the sixth chapter. Romans the sixth chapter, verses one through three. If you have it, say amen. Uh, the Bible says, listen, he says, and he says, and what, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? He says, or do you not know? Now, let's be clear. Let's be clear. What Paul is saying is that it doesn't make sense for us who've given our lives to Christ to still live sinful lives. Three bad things happen. Number one, you disgrace the name of the Lord. You're the reason why you go to your coworkers and your coworkers will say things like, uh, oh, man, you know, I thought he was a Christian. Or they'll say things like, see, that's why I don't go to church. All them people at church fake anyway. Yeah, what happens is, is if you claim to be with Christ and live a life that's anti-Christ, it causes disgrace to come to the name of Christ. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, he says, what do we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, since we are saved by grace and grace is unmerited favor, is it all right for us just to do wrong so we can turn around and say, God, I'm sorry. And God say, no, that's okay. And then we get to this kind of naive space of thinking that you know what, I can just do wrong and I can just turn around and tell God I'm sorry. Paul says, is that what we think this is? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, certainly not. And he goes on further to say, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in sin? Well, how did we die to sin? If y'all still with me, say amen. He said, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, do you understand what that was about? I know we live in a world where people are saying it's an outward expression of an inward grace. No, 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 it's deeper than that. It is deeper than that. No, this is, this is the operative place. This is where God begins to work things out in agreement with his will. God's going to cause for you to be born again. The Bible says, watch it now, verse number three. He says, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Watch him in verse number four. If you're still with me, say amen. The Bible says, listen carefully, therefore we are, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father even so listen we should walk in the newness of life what's God saying God saying Kevin I didn't clean you up just so you could go rolling in the mud that make plenty of good sense to us y'all don't I don't know why some of y'all look at me like that you know when we were little mama would say all right we're getting ready to go and you come in the house Back in the days when wasn't no video games, amen, if you can. And you come in the house and you had to get out of your what clothes? 
No, somebody said church clothes. Boy, they ain't playing outside no country. Nah, play clothes. Talk to them, Adam. Yeah, you had to get out your play clothes. You had to take the play clothes off. And what were your play clothes? Play clothes were just good clothes. too old. Say amen if you can. And yeah, so you had your old shoes. You took off your old clothes. She made you get a bath, and you got dressed in your good stuff. And she told you, don't you go outside. Don't you dare go outside. Now, why did she tell you that? She told you that because, son, I done cleaned you up. And I didn't clean you up so that you can go outside and roll in some dirt again. That's not what I did. The Lord says, how in the world, Christians, have we arrived at a space where it's okay for us who've been cleaned by God to live lives that violate the word of God? How have we become so comfortable, so relaxed, so at ease in Zion? that we live lives that violate the premise of the origin of why we came to God in the first place. Y'all remember, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me now safe am I why because love lifted me the song said love lifted me when nothing else could help my thinking my efforts my change my mind nothing else could help love lifted me from where I was and put me where I needed to be if y'all get that y'all to say amen so we asked the question how did we get so comfortable in redemption somewhere in my Bible says it's like the dog that spewed out his vomit walked away from it and said I think I'm gonna go back to that and I'm gonna eat that again well that's disgusting but God calls that a righteous parable God says that's the parallel of where we are. If y'all get that, say amen. See, I begin to see healthy church principle number one. Uh, healthy church principle number one is very powerful. And, and that is, my brothers and my sisters, you see, how you respond to sin tells me a lot about you. How, how you respond to sin, how... How I approach sin, how I react to sin, uh, I, what, what I feel about sin tells me a lot about me. Don't you know at a certain space in your walk with Christ, some things shouldn't be funny no more. Some stuff just ain't cute no more. No, it ain't about being better than nobody. It's about getting grown. It's the reason why I don't wake up early in the morning with cereal and sit down to watch cartoons no more. I ain't got nothing against cartoons. I'm just saying I've evolved from that. There was a time when literally I'm talking about I would get up so early that I would tip in there and I'd turn the TV on solo because I didn't want to wake nobody up and I'd put the chair like right in front of the TV with the biggest bowl of cereal my mind could find. Say amen if you can. And I'd eat that. And y'all know that was heavenly to me. You know what's heaven to me now on a Saturday morning is laying where I was before I got up. That's heaven to me now. 
nah, don't come get me up. Don't bother me. Let me stay right here. Yeah, now I understand why I had to keep that TV so low because my heaven better not disturb my mama's heaven. Say amen if you can. Yeah, but at, at some point, at some point you have to evolve. You have to rise. And what we understand, my brothers and my sisters, is how I feel about sin is a great indicator of my heart for God. How do I feel about error? How do I feel about it? If I know it's wrong and I'm totally fine with it, that tells me something about me. If I know it ain't right and I'm okay with it, that reveals some problems going on in me. Paul says, I'm losing my mind for what y'all doing down there. Because when I heard about it, I'm like, how in the world are they okay with that? If y'all sit with me, say amen. Verse number three, we're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I got to run. Time is not my friend. If you love the word of God, say amen. Uh, verse number three, chapter five, the Bible said, listen, for I, for I verily as absent in body but, 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 but present. Someone say present absent in body but present in spirit have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed now that verse is a little bit challenging especially if you're reading the entirety of 1st Corinthians because it sounds like what he's saying here violates what he said a short while ago at 1st Corinthians chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 time is not my friend but you want to write that down in 1st Corinthians chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 Paul explains to us why it's not healthy for us to judge people it's not healthy to do that because you don't know what anybody's going through now he talks about judgment there my brothers and my sisters and he's talking about judgment as to make an evaluation in other words, to make an assumption. That is, you know what, I think she's up to this. Or I think he's up to that. And what you really should do is if you think he's up to this or you think she's up to that, you should go in love to him or her. And you should ask them in a loving way, projecting the desire that you're there to help them to be restored. If you get that, say amen. He says, listen, he says, I've already judged in this manner. His judgment is not that judgment. His judgment is the declaration, the declaration of guilt. That is, he's saying, it's not something I think is happening. I know it's happening. And my brothers and my sisters, the, the, the weight of doing the right thing doesn't rest on the people who think they know. It rests on the people that know they know. Because if I know that I know that something ain't right, love will make me say something. If y'all get that, say amen. Well, he says, I've essentially, I've essentially passed judgment on this issue. I've got knowledge of it, and I'm going to say something about it. He has knowledge, and he's going to say something about it. Why? Uh, it's because he understands the responsibility of knowledge. You see, we've heard it said, if, if, if you know better, you ought to. Yeah. Y'all turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is where we're going this morning. I want you to meet me in chapter 3. Our greatest concern on this morning is, Lord, we just want to have a healthy church. 
Lord says, if you want a healthy church, you better let the Spirit lead. To that I say, yes, Lord. He says the Spirit's got to lead in every individual. To that I say, yes, Lord. He says, and every individual needs to labor to ensure that the Spirit reigns in their brothers and sisters. In Ezekiel chapter 3, I want you to meet me at verse number 16. The prophet says, now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, I have made you a watchman. Someone say watchman. Watchman for the house of Israel. I want you to appreciate what a watchman is. Uh, a watchman is quite similar to what we call guard duty in the army. Uh, at nighttime, I, I, Dr. Larry, I know you know we prior military men. At, at nighttime, you know when everybody goes to sleep, uh, everybody can't go to sleep. Somebody, one person has to stay awake. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, listen, you, you, you'd rather sleep in church than sleep on guard duty. Amen. I'm by myself. Yeah, that's, that's what you'd rather do. And I'm telling you, you don't need to be sleeping in church. Let me drop that in while I'm standing over the, the, the gumbo. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 he, but if you fell asleep on that guard duty, if that sergeant major came around there in that Humvee and found you leaned up somewhere asleep, listen, amen, you, you might as well just, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do, but you need, you need, you're going to need your mama's hug when it's all over with is all I'm saying. Uh, but he says, I put you as a watchman over the house of Israel. And the call of the watchman was the watchman was called to stand over guard of the people while the people were asleep to ensure that no threat of harm would come upon him. The Lord tells Ezekiel, I made you that for Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. If y'all still with me, say amen. Bible goes on further to say, he says, listen, when I say to you, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. And you give him no what? That is, that is, listen, I'm telling him from my word, if he don't change, he's in some trouble. You know he needs to change, and you won't say nothing to him. You won't speak a word to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life. God says the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity but, listen now, his blood I will require at your hand. Well, why is that? Because don't call me Brother Jones if you're not going to treat me like a brother. If I'm your brother, then don't let me be in the midst of some wrong and leave me there. Don't sit around, talk about me, gossip about me. No, if you love me, come find me. Tap me, talk to me, and keep it just between me and you. Just between me and you. Just between me and you. Amen. All by myself. He says, yet, listen now, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Well, what's the point of that? He says the deliverance of your soul rests on your willingness to love them enough to make their problem your problem. I see healthy church principle number two. I understand healthy church principle number two when I consider the words of 1 John chapter 1. You see, healthy church principle number one is... How I feel about sin tells me a lot about my heart for God. I said healthy church principle number one is how I feel about sin tells me a lot 
about my heart for God. Healthy church principle number two, listen, how my brothers and sisters, I respond to sin is a great indicator of how I feel about you. See, how I feel about sin, that's how I feel about God. How I respond to sin is how I feel about you. No, let me help you. Uh, there are people, there are people who, um, they, they, they don't like wrong. They, 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 they're not a fan of it. They, they don't want a part of it. And that's because God has changed them. But the problem is, is we've been changed, but we don't understand the purpose of the change. And the purpose of the change was so that we might become more missional in our approach to our brothers and sisters. If y'all get that, say amen. That is, if with this change God has put on my life, I want to get into the world and help people to see God a little bit better. If y'all get that, say amen. Well, the problem comes if I've got a problem with all the wrong in the world, but I don't have the heart to tell people when they're wrong. What he wants us to see is that, listen, if that's how we operate, you may have a heart for God, but you don't have a heart for each other. Why is that a problem? I'll tell you why. God says it's impossible for you to have a heart for God if you don't have a heart for your brother. God says you see your brother all the time and you can't stand him. How are you supposed to love me? See, we missed what fellowship was. We too busy thinking fellowship is a meal. Fellowship can be enjoyed over a meal. But fellowship isn't a meal. Fellowship is if we walk in the light as he is in the light. What is that? That is if I walk with Jesus and you walk with Jesus in the lighted path of Jesus that he walks with God. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, 1 John says we have fellowship one with the other. That is, we're not just together just because we come to church at this address. It's deeper than that. We're not together just because all of us are members of this congregation. It's deeper than that. You're not all here because you say, that guy up there with all that red on, that's my preacher. It's deeper than that. We are here because we've been redeemed from our sins by Jesus Christ. God loved us so much that he caught us in the midst of the worst of us and helped us get things together so that we can be who he's called us to be. That is, if that's what brings us together, then not only should I be about that business, but you should be about that business. And if you're not about that business... I'm about to say something y'all don't like. Y'all get ready, get ready, get ready. It's coming from me. You can quote this. This is Kevin D. Jones Sr. You can quote me on this. If you're not about your business, then listen, officially, your business is my business. Yeah, your business is my business. 
God is calling us to a greater space of courage. He's calling us to a greater space of courage. He's calling us to take care of each other. You see, the health of the church rests heavily on our commitment to remedy the unhealthy elements within the church. And if we know our brothers and sisters are in sin, and we continue to turn a blind eye, we are essentially aiding the enemy in their destruction and probably our own. Your problem has to be my problem. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. If, we're healthy, if we're healthy, your problem, your problem. Is, my problem. is my problem. In, in 1961, 1961 uh, uh, the Freedom Riders sought to test a, a 1960s decision by the Supreme Court in the, state, in the case of Boynton versus Virginia, that segregation on interstate transportation facilities, including bus terminals, was unconstitutional. So to test this theory, the Freedom Riders decided that they would board a bus and they would ride through these segregated areas. Here's a fun fact. Uh, the, the, the Freedom Riders, uh, uh, something that, that, that you should know, is not only, not only were they uh, committed to the cause, uh, but Congressman, uh, Congressman John Lewis uh, was one of the original 13 Freedom Riders. Um, well, they set their maps and their plans to, to, to travel throughout areas of the South. Uh, they were interested in seeing if the local and state governments would honor this. If y'all still with me, say amen. Their plan was to reach New Orleans, Louisiana on May the 17th uh, to commemorate the seventh anniversary of the Supreme Court's Brown versus Education decision. However, the first, and I do mean first because they suffered a lot, the first act of violence that, that befell these people uh, occurred on May the 12th in Rock Hill, South Carolina. John Lewis and, and Albert Bigelow and another African-American writer were viciously attacked as they attempted to enter into a whites-only waiting area. But the thing that blows my mind more than anything was May the 14th. See, May the 14th, 1961, the Greyhound bus was the first to arrive in Anniston, Alabama. There, an angry mob of about 200 white people surrounded the bus, causing the driver to continue to the bus past the bus station. The mob followed the bus in automobiles, and when the tires of the bus blew out, someone threw a bomb into the bus. The Freedom Riders escaped the bus as it burst into flames, only to be brutally beaten by members of the surrounding mob. Now, here's why that blows my mind. I understand John Lewis being there, but I, I, I scratch my head on, 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 on James Zwig. 
See, James Wig is, 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 is a little bit different. Um, James Wig, as you can see in picture here, uh, uh, the, the white ambulances refused to treat him that day because he was riding with and for us. Here's the tragedy, though, because we know the times. You all know full well what this man could have done. At any moment, he could have said, this ain't none of my business. And I ain't got nothing to do with this. And he could have faded right into the crowd. He doesn't have to say a word. They could continue their beating. He could get on any bus, plane, train he wanted to with no hesitation. But he understood something, that if we want a healthy church, we got to think like he thought. And that is, he understood a powerful quote by the late Dr. King. Dr. King says, listen carefully, he says, a threat to justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That is, it don't matter if they ain't bothering me and they only won't feel. I can't let them do feel wrong because it's just a matter of time before it will be me. So what he understood was, no, that's not my problem. And that is their problem. But he recognized that their problem ought to be a problem for humanity. Therefore, their problems are my problems. So if they can't ride, James Wiggs said, then I don't want to ride. And if you're going to beat them for riding, you're going to beat me for riding. And if that ambulance will only take care of me if I abandon them, then I guess I'm just going to bleed today. Because he recognized that the health of a society came when people made the problems of their fellow people their very own problem. Church, we grow when we understand that hearing about trouble shouldn't lead to gossip. It should lead to going. I'm talking about, I want to move to you. I want to connect with you. I want to get someplace neutral just for us. I want the most loving way I can to explain to you, listen, I'm here because I love you. And I want to make sure you're well. I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. I don't want to condemn you. Because how many of y'all know Paul told us in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1, he says, brethren, ye which are spiritual, if, if, if you see someone overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. And why do I do that? Paul says, considering yourself. Because tomorrow it could be us. If y'all get that, say amen. They're recognized today as heroes, blacks and whites who came together. Understandably so why the blacks came, but, but it makes you scratch your head about the whites came. And we recognize that, that the whites came because they saw what I pray we'll see today. That is, if we are one, your problems are my problems. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 is encouraging because I learned something here. I learned how if we're ever going to change it, if we're ever going to fix it, we've got to figure out how. 
Bible says your glorying is not good. You being puffed up about what that man is doing, that ain't good. Why? Because he says, you missed the big picture. He says, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Don't you know if we give the devil any comfortable place in this church, he's just going to look for another seat. I mean, he, he, he's not content just seated in the edge of the pew. He wants the whole pew. And once he gets the whole pew, he ain't done with that. He wants the pew in front of him. And once he gets the pew in front of him, he only wants that. He wants the whole section. And once he gets the whole section, he's not done with that. He wants the whole church. And he's going to continue to attack the whole church until he has us. If y'all with me said the devil can't have us, y'all to say amen. amen. Stand on your feet with me, if you will. He says it's not good. What I want you to do, I want you to purge out. He says I want you to purge out the leaven. I want you to find that leaven, that, that, that leaven that's anti-us, that leaven that is anti-who we are. I want you to purge that out so that you can be a new lump. How do we become a new lump? We got to give greater ground to God. We have to give greater ground to God. Say that with me. We have to give greater ground to God. One more time. We have to give greater ground to God. And giving greater ground to God means I want God to have more and more territory of my life. What does it mean to have God to have territory in your life? It means that righteousness reigns in your life. Because God says, Kevin, I don't fellowship with anything that's anti-righteousness. If y'all get that, say amen. So I want greater realms of space of peace and righteousness in our lives. I want to give that to God. How do we do that? First, it starts with us. I need to give myself to God. I need to come to the realization that, Lord, you, you love me so much. You love me so much that you died for me. I mean, I should have been on that cross because those were my sins. I should have been there. I deserved to be there. Uh, but, Lord, you stood in the gap. Having never committed a single sin in your life, you stood in the gap and you died for me. Lord, I thank you for that. I hear that and I believe that. I mean, that touches my heart. It's imperative that we believe it. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I believe that God is true. I, I, I believe that he's more than able. If I believe that God is true and I believe that God is more than able, I want to then make some changes in my life. Because how many of you all know there's no way we can look into the majestic presence of God and be satisfied with who we are in our own lives? No, Lord, I need your help. That starts with repentance. The Bible says in Luke 13, 3 and 5, he says, I tell you, nay, unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Romans 10, 10. Acknowledge him to be the Lord of your life, the Savior of your life. Be buried in the watery grave of baptism. So many wonderful things happen there. Yes, there, your sins are washed away. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You are added to the body of Christ in agreement with the Word of God. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, remain faithful until death, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You'll receive a crown of life, Revelation 2, 10. Or maybe, just maybe, you're, you're here today and, and you realize, Lord, I, I've been with you for a long time, but I haven't been what I need to be. My response to wrong has been wrong. And Lord, I want you to help me to fix my wrong so that I can help others remedy their wrong. Lord, I want you to give me a heart of love. If y'all get that, say amen. Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, here's how good God is for anybody who feels overwhelmed or beat down. God says, if you simply confess your faults, 
He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Maybe just maybe you're here today, you need to do something, you just don't know what you need to do. Our seat sowers are in the back, their hands are in the air. I'm so grateful for them. They're in position because they love more than anything to help you on your Christian journey. Make your way back to them. They'll take you in a private, very friendly way and share with you how you can improve your relationship with Jesus Christ today. Maybe you just need prayer. Whatever your response is, don't leave here loaded with the problems that you came here with. If anyone needs to respond, won't you do so right now as we together sing? The pathway of sin.